Hi, I'm Rachel Hollis, and this is your Faves Faves. You look freaking fantastic. Uh, we are in a pandemic. You look gorgeous. So let's start right there. Thank you. I appreciate that. Now, were you, yeah, were you like the rest of us where you spent a lot of this time sort of in sweatpants and working from home or did you, were you in production? Oh, there it is, girl. Yeah. <laughs> the pajama pants. Below the screen. That's how to do it. I love it. Um, but were you in production at all during, during the last year or you've sort of been hanging out at home? Yeah. So I'm here in New York right now in the same apartment, doing the same show that I was doing back in March when the pandemic hit. Um, so we've gotten about three episodes in and then it was like, this thing is happening. And we're like, but is it like, and we weren't really sure. And then Tom Hanks got it and everyone knew it was time to go home. Right. Right. Isn't that um, true? He was the thing that everyone was like, oh, this is real. I have this, I know it's not true, but I do feel like if I was a government, I would have been like, who is the most beloved human that we could pay to say that he has this and then people take it seriously. Right, right, right. (laughs) Right, that part. Uh, You know, I mean, I I don't fully trust them, but I do obviously know that it's very, very real. And um, it's, uh, it's been a, it's been, it's been rough to, to, to see how it's just been affecting people. I I thank God that we've, um, we've, we've managed to stay safe, but it's pretty, you know, knowing friends that have lost family members, parents, you know, grandparents, it's horrifying. But in the same breath, I think that a lot of positive has come too. I think people have been able to sit with themselves and though they might not have felt like it and deal with some stuff and spend time before God. And for me, I got to spend, you know, uh, all of that, but also got to spend more time with my husband. We're often like, you know, two ships sailing in the night. I'll be gone, you know, on, on an occasion for like anywhere from two to seven months at a time. And it's been like that since I've been married. So to get like this heap of time that we spend together and just lots of like being in sweatpants and like going swimming and like cooking stuff I've never cooked with like the Instapot. It's just, and he bakes, it's, it's been, um, it's, that's been, that part's been great. So. That's awesome. And did you get to, to wrap and sort of finish the project that you're working on or you're just now getting back into it? Just getting back to it. So we came in hot shot episode eight and now we're going, jumping back to three. So. Wild. Okay. Very cool. So on this show, people come on and they tell me their top five things in any category. And I never know what the category is before I sit down with them. So what is your, what's your category? DJing. Whoa. (laughs) This is my favorite because I never, I literally never know what someone's going to say. Okay. So you're going to do your top five favorite DJs. Is that the idea? No, my top five favorite songs. If I was to DJ right now at a party, I'm going to go with the top five songs that I feel like truly show my personality that I feel like people would vibe with. Okay. And so do you actually know how to DJ? Like if we're at a party, is is there a moment you've had uh, some tequila, whatever, we're in a mood and you're like, let me show you what I have. So I, when I go to work every day, I DJ the music like... 
you know, to and from set, like birthday parties, people would be like, here, Megan, just take the, you know, the pad and just go ahead and put the music on. And I was just in uh, Cabo when it was, went from crazy to a little bit more settled and it obviously got crazy again. But uh, in Cabo, I was like DJing my sister's birthday party on the beach. Um, <laughs> so people know, you know, that know me are like, oh, she's got some tunes, you know? Okay. But it's my, my taste is, uh, is, is interesting. Okay. <laughs> and then my second question is, are you going to say these songs in order from like least to favorite or is this just in any order? You know, I might throw them out first and then put them in order. Okay. Perfect plan. All right. So let's do number five, your DJing. What's the first song that's coming up in the playlist? Okay. So I like a little bit of like, right now I like the song by Sweetie called Back to the Streets. Okay. Um, I, I do like not know that one. I true. was jamming to best friend today because that's like me and my girls send that to each other back and forth. Okay. But now I have a new one to add to the list. Okay. Wait, back in the streets. Is that what you said? Back to the streets. Back to the streets. I feel like such a mom right now. I'm like, I'm going to write it down. I'll put it on my Spotify. Okay. It's great. It's great. Um, that's like my new favorite song right now. But then I have to go like a little bit traditional and take it back to the Leah in the early 90s and probably go with like down with the click. Okay. Uh, well, real quick, let me just ask, are we allowed to play these songs? Because it would be so great if we could actually hear what we're talking about. So I'm going to play. We're going to start with Back to the Streets, but it's going to come through my AirPods. So make sure you put the clean version on. <laughs> right. Right. Or we can bleep out. Like, I feel like she should just be in her glory. Okay, this is like, this is the vibe. We just got here. We got our drinks. All right. We're like, what's happening? Okay. Okay, I get this. I understand this moment. Now, are you into the idea that you're, when you're building these playlists, are you building up? So we're starting with like this sort of vibey and then building up to like, we're getting on the dance floor. Okay, great. I like each, each song that I'm going to give you, I would build a playlist through that song. So these songs actually don't all go together. I have playlists that are the, the vibes of these songs individually. And by the way, is this public on Spotify so that other people can follow along with your playlist? No, it's not on there yet. I do have a duo love playlist on Spotify that my husband and I created together with love songs. And that I really, I'm very proud of it, actually. So that's really (laughs) cool. This is very nerdy, but one of my favorite things is building Spotify playlists. And in just every, like, high school hip-hop workouts like everything i can think of so i when when you start building these out let us know okay so we're going to Aaliyah. Aaliyah, down with the click so i think it's c-l-i-q-u-e here we go yep right we're still in that what year did this come out maybe two or three God, do you remember? I mean, there was no one prettier. There was no one cooler. There was just this moment in time where I feel like we were all just like, what is happening? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. What would the world be if she was still here? I I know. (sighs) Man. 
Okay. Took it down. Sorry. I just took it down to a, a sad place. But I do think, here's the thing really quickly about Aaliyah. She's still, she's still showing up in music. She's still someone that is so relevant. She's still someone that we're talking about all of these years later, mm-hmm. which I feel like is such a testament to what she was. Um, I think of that with like Selena too, that, you know, we're seeing this reemergence and the show comes back out and there's all of this sort of coming back to when you're that talented, yeah, it's always going to be part of the conversation. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Both of them, huge fans. Now, how, how old are you? Cause I feel like if you're, if you're jamming out to Aaliyah, then we might be similar ages. Yeah. 39. Okay. I'm 37. Yeah, so yeah. I'm like that. I was, I was a little younger, like, oh my gosh, she's so pretty. Like, how do, oh, and remember she would like wear the pants, like low on her head. Oh my gosh. Like, oh. I literally like wore everything like her. I mean, I had like the swoop <laughs> and like, it's very focused on my brows and the little crop and the low jeans, with, like the boxers underneath and the yes. figures. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yes. Okay. I totally emulated her. Loved her so much. I um, still do. So next I would say, I'm going to go with Modest Mouse Float On. Yes, I love that song. Yes, that's a good one. This is a good one to run to, too. It's it's got that nice beat. You can just really easily stay in it. Yes, yes. And I love anything that's like, we're going to be okay. Yes. We're all going to float on. on. Keep moving. It's all going to be okay. Yes, it's going to be all right. That's what we need to remember right now. It's going to be seriously. I think I have this like belief that when, you know, if you sort of look at history after Spanish flu 1918, we got the roaring 20s, right? So people had just gone through this really hard thing. And then they were like, we need freedom. We need to be together. We need to have parties and have fun. And I feel like that is what we are, at least me, I'm speaking for myself, like what I'm craving. I just wish I could go to a party. I wish I could go to someone's cousin's wedding. Yeah. Like I wish it was like an outdoor wedding and we just got to dance all night and be crazy and have drinks. And like, I, oh my gosh, I can't wait to like hug people and dance again. This is oh a my good gosh. conversation. That's... Cause right. I need that. I'm like, I don't even have to like go out, go out. I just want like yes. a, a little house moment, but like nine, right. even seven, right. even five. Yeah. Yeah. Smallest <laughs> amount. Smallest amount possible. All right. We're going to, we're, I, I also feel like we're in this unique time because I, it feels a lot like my, my, young, my youngest child, my daughter is adopted and that process was never harder than when we were matched with her biological mom. And mm-hmm. I feel like that's what this time feels like. It's like, we know there's a vaccination. We know it's coming, but we don't know when. Yeah. And so the waiting almost feels like this harder moment because you're like, oh my gosh, we're so close. We're right, there. right, we're right there. And it's like, oh, just And there's like nothing you can strong. do. To, yes, to exactly. just pull it to you, even though you can see it and you can almost reach right. it, but you can't just. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh, so we'll just keep listening to music and that is going to carry us through and help yes, us put it on. <laughs> okay. What's the next song? I'm going to go with uh, Rick Astley, Never Going to Give You Up. Yes. yes. Absolutely. Happy okay. song. I feel like this is the kind of thing that when the DJ brings, like, puts it on, it's so unexpected, and everyone's like, "Okay, yeah, all right, 
That's exactly what we need. Hold on. I want to I hear some words. Understand. Yes. Yeah, we need you singing this. Oh, I wish I really could sing. <laughs> you can. Your voice is so beautiful. Thank you. I can hold a note You're and welcome. I can fake it if the music is playing with me, but turn the music right. off and it's a wrap. Then <laughs> <laughs> it all goes bad. Okay, so I I like that we're jumping all over the place. Yes. What is the next song in your playlist? Prince and uh, Abalonia, Take Me With You. Yeah, everybody has their opinion on the weekend's performance on Sunday. I was not a huge fan of what, I just feel like you can't go from like J-Lo giving her whole heart, almost dying on that pole mm -hmm. to the weekend, but whatever. But I was thinking about if you compare that to Prince, performing at the Super Bowl in the rain, singing Purple Rain, like one of the greatest performances I ever. Mean, yeah. All right, let's get it. Let's get into some. This is such a good album. I don't care what you do. I don't care what baby. Like honestly, this is the this is the vibe. It's just like turning on music and doing a Zoom call with a friend. Like this should be the thing. Yeah. Did, did you do that in the beginning of of quarantine, where you would have like and maybe still do like Zoom cocktails with your friends, I, or like you'd all get on, or maybe with your family or whatever? And you just know all what? Sort of I we we do. I would be on with friends and we would end up having a cocktail, but what that wasn't necessarily the plan. The, the thing that we were doing with family was we were doing like a, a Bible study on Friday night because uh, my husband grew up seven day Adventist. So um, the family observed Sabbath, but it was kind of like a little bit of both. Like, you know, we, we have church on Friday night, but then when I would get on with my girlfriends, I'd be like, girl, I want to see you. And I'm like, what are you doing? Having a glass of wine? Me too. Look how yeah. Rosé. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> Sounds good. Cheers. <laughs> so it's a little bit of everything going on. Yeah. No, it, it was, I feel like we went through all the stages within those sort of Zoom cocktail parties or whatever it was, where when we first started, it was like this super fun thing to do. And then a couple of months later, it felt really hard. Like it was almost harder to sort of be in that space mm. and like not be able to to see yeah. them and I remember I went I mean I am uh, my closest girlfriends are such a huge part of my life and I think we probably went four months and didn't see each other because we were mm. just being really safe my best friend has asthma and we were super scared about her yeah. getting sick and the first time that we all got to see each other and we did we were tested and we did crazy quarantine to just be able to like see each other yeah. and that first hug when I hadn't seen them in so many months was one of my favorite memories of 2020 of just like not that I take my friendships for granted but you you take for granted that you get to be present with them or like have that time or yeah, yeah. it was Did so you cry special. oh my gosh I cried so hard I was such a baby because I was just like you guys we're here yeah. so yeah the the zoom and wine is a is a thing for sure yeah yeah. Now, as as you go into this new year, so you're back, you're back at work, you're back in production. As you come into 2021, are you the kind of person who 
did you set goals for this year? Are you, do you choose a word? Do you do anything like that as you kind of so uh, my good friend who actually is my castmate on the show that I'm working on, um, it's kind of a funny ongoing thing, but our husbands look alike. My husband is a producer and he also preaches and does a lot of different, wears a lot of different hats. And her husband is an actor. And for years, people thought I was married to her husband and people get them mixed up and it's like a whole thing and um anyway they've actually become very close and that's how me and grace ended up even like meeting each other and becoming close and now we're playing best friends on the show together which is amazing um she's literally like three floors below me right now but (laughs) this year we uh quarantined and tested and we went to their house we basically like you know at at new year's we went outside and we decided not to make any resolutions but rather let go of things that happened in Ooh, 2020 good. That's and so good. Um, left things behind. And so we kind of just like wrote them down. We went out to the fire and we spoke over the things that we were leaving behind and, you know, past traumas and, and things that happened and things that were hurtful or just things that we didn't want to take into the next year with us. And we spoke over them, then we said a prayer and then we threw it in the fire and, and released it. That's so, that's so good. I saw something yesterday that, you know, that old expression that says, hold on for dear life. I saw mm-hmm. something yesterday that said, let go for dear life. And Ooh. I thought that was such a beautiful thought. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, there it goes. God agreed. It was like, yeah. <laughs> no, I love that idea because I think we do, especially as women, I think that we carry things so much further in our lives than we're meant to. And it is a conscious decision to release things that aren't serving you or pain that you're holding on to or anger or any of that stuff. And it really does give you such freedom in this present moment to, to be that conscious of what you're going to release. Yeah. And then, and the new resu- the resolution was um, no new year's resolutions, just new me resolutions. Mm, that's good. And what does like new, do you have thoughts on what is the new mm-hmm. you, like how are, what are ways that you want to show up in this year that maybe you haven't in the past? Well, a huge part of it was letting go of past uh, pains. I, I, you know, I definitely had a friend that shocked me and disappointed me with some of the things that she did and said in ways that she acted. Um, and I was really hurt about it for a while. I mean, I really carried it like heavy in my spirit and really felt just very wrong, you know? But I realized that she's probably aware of some of it, but not all of it. And uh, I just had to make a conscious decision to just forgive her and and love from a distance. And then also I went through just some trauma with some other issues that just went on throughout the year. And I just had to release a lot of things. So for me, you know, instead of carrying it, like you said, because I think that was really like weighing me down, it was just time to step into something new and fresh and let those things go and let them be what they were and say, Hey, I came through, but I don't want to take them with me any further than this. Yeah, And that was probably the biggest, the biggest thing. And then just being proactive about, you know, if I want this, that, and the other to happen, I want to do more action films. I want to do more this or more that than like saying, okay, now, you know, is where I, the new me comes in, which is me that's intentional and thoughtful and specific about the things I want to accomplish and what I need to do that's within my control to prepare myself for the things that are coming that are not yet here. Mm, that's good. I feel like I obviously have never been an actress. And so what I would equate this to is being an entrepreneur and owning a business that 
we, I have in my past set goals or set intentions of what I want to do or what I want to build or create. And then you'll have an opportunity. And it's so hard. I would imagine as an actress that like those opportunities are so they're sort of, they're shiny and, and you don't, I'm sure there were times in your career where maybe you didn't know where the next opportunity was coming from. And so you find yourself, you get to the end of a year and you're like, dang it, I wanted to do action, but then I took this thing and then I wasn't. So is it that sort of idea that you have Mm -hmm. to, it's like, what do you say no to instead of what do you say yes to? Yeah. I mean, there is a a portion of it that is that where, and for me, I just try to be spirit led, you know, I'm like, okay, is this what I prayed for? Is this the thing that I really want? Like, yes, there's the aspect of having to pay your bills, you know, but at this junction in my career, at this age, being married this long, I don't have to worry about that as much. It's more like, you know, if you want to do this, you can't just sit and wait, you know, and pray about it and wait for it to come. You've got to do everything in your power. That means going to the gym five days a week. That means Mm -hmm. changing your body and not just because like, you know, you're motivated by the thing that's shining and and being held in front of you, but because the thing, you can't actually see it. You just know it's there and it's coming. And in order to help bring it to you, preparing your body where you transfer, you know, like before I did Shazam, I had said, you know, I wanted to do more action. And so my husband was kind of like, well, what are you doing to meet God halfway? And I'm like mm. eating chips and like drinking wine. And I'm like, <laughs> and he's like, well, you prayed about it. It's great that you have the faith, but you know, and the Bible says faith without works is dead. So where you work. Exactly. And I was like, yep. so of course I started working out five days a week, changed my diet and really, and I didn't even realize how much I was transforming my body until I went in and auditioned for this. I had no idea what I was auditioning for. And when I left the audition, the casting called my, my agents and they were like, what has she been doing? She looks like a totally different person. And at first I was a little mm. offended. I was like, oh, I don't look that different. What did I look like before? <laughs> you know? And, um, but they were like, she's just transformed her body and blah, 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 blah. And the next thing you know, they're like, you got the part. Hey, it's a DC movie. You're playing superhero Darla. And I'm like, what? So it's just taking that proactive attitude of the things that I really want and doing my part and being thoughtful about doing my part and not just having the faith, but actually you know, showing up in a way that I've never shown up before and understanding that the way I showed up before is not enough in this next season. If I want to elevate, right. then it requires more from me and it requires more sacrifice and more intentionality. So yeah, just saying, okay, that season was that season. What's it going to require in this season? I love, I mean, I just love hearing about women, especially setting a goal claiming it for themselves and then working toward it. Because I I saw something the other day that said, are you interested or committed? Because lots of people will talk about something. They'll be real interested in it. But if you're truly committed, it shows up in your schedule. It shows up in your life. It shows up in every single thing that you do because you are committed to that excellence or that evolution or how it's going to manifest for you. So that's so rad. I'm curious when you talk about the idea of, you know, sort of letting go of past hurts, is that something, because I think a lot of people hold that pain or they hold the anger or they hold with someone who has hurt them and they're entitled to that pain that they're feeling. But then there's also this flip side of, you know, that old expression, like holding anger for someone is like you drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Mm -hmm. So it, for you, was it truly a release? Was it, I have, you had to have a confrontation. Like how were you able to, to let that go from your life? 
Yeah, I mean, I think for me, it truly was a release. There was nowhere else to go. You know, it was like, be mad, be hurt, have perspective, you know, but I just was in that place for so long, like a year and a half and didn't even realize. Um, and then this last season, it kind of like was amplifying more. I kind of gotten over it and tried to release it. And then there were a few more things that happened that really dredged it back up and made me angry all over again. I was just like, this is not serving me. There's just mm-hmm. nowhere to go living in this space. I have to let it go. And letting it do- go doesn't mean that you allow the person to be a certain way in your life. But for me, it does mean forgiving them and seeing their humanity and getting perspective and then stepping away and say, I still love you and I still truly wish the best for you and I, and I still support you. However, I have to do all of that from over here in a way that's yeah. good for my mental health. And uh, in, so that's what I've been doing. And I've had to do it before in, in different friendships, you know, different seasons of my life. But, you know, everything, it, it hits different for different reasons in different seasons. And um, this one, I felt like I had actively gone out of my way to give and really felt mistreated, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not even that I wanted to be appreciated or even acknowledged in that way. I just didn't want to be mistreated. So Yeah. But um, I still love them. Yeah, I, I had a I had an experience recently where for the first I'm a non-confrontational and I will sort of die on that hill to just not get into an argument with someone. And I have I was all of a sudden all of this anger of sort of past experience, it just sort of bubbled up on me. I would say unexpectedly at the time, but in retrospect, I'm like, no, we were building to this place. And I just finally said. I said the stuff that I need, I, you know, like this was not okay. And this was very hurtful and that whatever. And I surprised myself. I definitely surprised this person by, by speaking my truth. Mm -hmm. And it was like, I I've never experienced this before, but it was like, as soon as I just was able to say those words, everything, the weight was gone Mm -hmm. and those feelings were gone. And I actually was able to feel kindness and love toward this person again, just Mm -hmm. because I, it was almost like I finally stood up for myself. Mm -hmm. And in doing so that gave me the, the freedom that I was looking for, because I think I kept avoiding, 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 at least for me sort of going, okay, I'm not going to look at how mad I am, or I'm not going to look at how that hurt me. So if, you know, just for people who are listening to this, that was also something that was really healing for me was just not in an angry way, but just in a like, here's my truth and here's how this felt. And now we can sort of move forward from here. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, that's insightful because I do feel like I've, I've been in situations similar with other friends and we were able to kind of find our way back, you know? In this situation, I think, and not that you were talking about my situation, but it made me think about it. I think I had given power to someone for so long because of my desire to protect them and my sensitivity to them that the the dynamic of the friendship shifted in such a way that I'm only used to the friendship existing under the constructs of what I've built in terms of dynamic. And I think there's a little bit of like, it's not fear because I know that I can't go back to that, that way, but a little bit of like, if we talk, then we'll figure it out and then we can be in a good place. And now I'm susceptible to the dynamic that is very possible of happening again. I might not catch it in the moment that is happening. It's almost like a protection of myself. Uh, yes. And a little bit of a realization that like life is lighter 
and the quality of mm-hmm. it is better when I'm not stressed right. out about any of that. So. You know, you said something earlier that I think is really interesting. You were talking about power. So every year I choose a word for my year and my word this year was power mm. because, you know, I'm, I, I got divorced last year and for the first time in my adult life, truly I'm trying to learn to stand in my power and to understand that I have my own, you know, autonomy over my own life and kind of what does it look like as a woman to know that you are strong and to model that for your children. And um, I'm curious for you, kind of you're going into this world where you're playing a superhero, which are people that have extra powers. Like what does power look like in your life? Power to me is, is, is a variety of different things. Um, The first thing that comes to mind is self-love. You know, when you Mm -hmm. truly love yourself and even when you don't feel worthy for whatever be the reason that whatever season in your life, you just choose to accept that you are regardless of how you feel. And that sometimes even feelings can be deceiving to the facts and the truth. I think for me, it really starts there because then it informs so many other choices. And then I think, I mean, if I was to go into like strength and like, you know, all those things, I think they all to some degree really stem from self-love and being self-aware. Yeah, I mean, I think that to me, that's what power is. But and it's been a journey, you know. I think that I've always been um, a bit overconfident as 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 a kid, and then and then insecure in the same breath, but never kind of fully insecure because of what I felt about me, but insecure because of what I felt somebody else felt about me. You know, it's mm-hmm. kind of like um, having a crush on a boy and there's another girl and you just don't feel like there's any competition. You're just like, okay, you know, but <laughs> he has a crush on her. And so it no longer matters if she's competition or not in your mind. It only matters that the person whose affections you want likes her, not you. Mm-hmm. So that would be kind of like the source of, of most of my insecurities. It's like, I know that I'm worthy. I know that you know, I'm good and that I'm trying and that God knows my heart and all these things, but they don't know that. And so it's almost like the value of knowing it within yourself is not fully enough when you want someone else's affections or love or not even validation, but like affirming, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, and it's like, you don't need it to survive or to move forward or to do, but you really want it, you know? And um, so, yeah, I think my journey has been one of accepting that I'm not for everybody and accepting that those I am for it will be clear, accepting that you can feel tribe, you know, when you feel their spirit, you just know, and accepting that not everybody's going to know your heart and not everybody's going to believe in you or think, you know, all those things. And so just having a piece about that, because I think I, I, you know, the way that I grew up, the city that I grew up, the things that I dealt with, you know, I grew up in a predominantly white neighborhood in like, you know, the late 80s and early 90s. And so there was a lot of bullying where I was from and a lot of, you know, racist comments and not just by like kids, but like teachers and all kinds of stuff. And so there was always this like, if you could just see my heart though, you would really like me, you know? And then that kind of transcends into my career as an actress. You know, it it's no longer about race per se, but it's like about the quality of the human being and like, please just see my heart or like, just give me a chance, you know? And so mm-hmm. I think just discovering, cause I, I kind of knew it about myself, but I didn't know what it meant and I didn't know how it was fully 
fully affected me beyond the just the a natural emotional reaction. And then also just kind of how it was crippling me and how just the the root of that produced other kind of trauma and other things, you know, and uh, just getting to a place of stepping into my power and being more unapologetic and saying like, yes, you kind of, you either get it or you don't. I, I've right. put it all out there throughout the years and it always comes from the heart and it always comes from love. You know, even when I tell somebody off, I tell them off in love. I'm not right. mean or nasty. Like if you've ever seen me comments on Instagram or something like that and someone says something crazy, it's like I respond always in love. So yeah, I think just, I, and I feel like that's something I'm just now honestly like have like accepted, you know, there's, there's still the urge and the desire, but like, I'm okay with it now. I've been thinking about this a ton lately. Like someone needs to do a documentary on how women are raised from little girls we're taught that we need to be liked. Mm -hmm. And I actually think it's the most dangerous thing that we do to little girls. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you get this as an actress, but when I do press for books and, and different things, every time, at some point in the conversation, even though this is not what the interview is about, but towards the end of the interview, the, the journalist will always say like, so there's a lot of people that don't like you. What do you say to that? <laughs> and it used to, you know, I would sort of try and give, you know, the right answers and same kind of thing. I'm not for everybody. And I, I've been thinking about that more and more lately. And I've seen them do it to actresses and singers and they don't do that to men. Mm -hmm. They don't ask, you know, there's by asking that question there, you're, you're presupposing that there's something wrong with people not liking you, mm -hmm. right? Like, well, of course, if you're doing any kind of work in the world, if you're doing anything creative, if you're putting yourself out there in any way, of course, you're going to have people who don't love that. But our culture has become one of like, people are so harsh. And they're so I, I saw this thing. I love Lizzo. Like, I just think she's so awesome. And I was she was posting something the other day that was fabulous. She was like getting ready to go work out. And I went to comment with like hearts or something. And I just, people are awful, yeah, awful. And I thought she, this woman shows up and must get this every day with every post. And she keeps showing up as herself, unapologetically, yeah. beautifully, like living out her life. And I feel like we have to shift the narrative and we have to call out the fact that it is okay if people don't like you, yeah. because if, if you are hurt by that, which I still get my feelings hurt sometimes when people say, I just happen to see a comment. I'm like, yeah. Oh, like, right. And then I think, I, I, I think this all the time, my daughter's three. And I think, what would you want for her right now? What, how would you want her to feel about this? And what I would want her to feel is nothing at all. Yeah. What I would want her to feel is like, okay, sure. Yeah. And I can't teach that to her if I can't truly practice that Walk myself. It. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I 1000% agree with that. And um, it's interesting because um, just you saying that, like, I've only started to get to this place of freedom because my husband, he just, mm -hmm. he does not care. It's, it's, awesome. it's amazing. And that's been a massive influence on me to just have perspective and to not let things like get under the skin the way, I mean, I've, I've come leaps and bounds, leaps and bounds. I used to, you know, read certain things and like, like almost bust out crying and then like legit be depressed for like four or five days. 
And now I'm like, oh, okay, well, you know, that's too bad. You know, and that's like, <laughs> to me, I'm like, what? I made it here. Like, this is amazing. And, and a huge part of that is, is him and then just praying about it and um, yeah. not allowing certain things to happen that helped kind of push me to this place. Like I, I wrote this little kind of small poem on my Instagram, but one of the things I said was like, you know, I was at the edge of a cliff in terms of what this stuff feels like. And people, they pushed and pushed and pushed so hard that I just made the decision to jump. And when I jumped, I started flying, you know, mm. that's what it's like. That's awesome. I just, so, well, now I'm going to go look it up. <laughs> I'm going to go look up the Instagram. I love that. Do you follow, okay, since we're talking about Instagram real quick, and you said something about letting go. Do you follow Alex L? I don't think so. Oh my gosh. Okay. I wish I could like screenshot this to you. Okay. So she is, it's A-L-E-X. If people are listening, they can go follow her too. So mm-hmm. A-L-E-X underscore L. She has a podcast. She's a poet. She just, and she writes so much about what to let go of, mm-hmm. what to, you on it, you will, I just know, just our conversation, I know you're going to love her. So Alex I, L on Instagram, she has a million followers. She's not like, you know, a random person. Um, <laughs> but I highly, highly suggest just sort of the season that you're in and what you're walking through. I feel like she comes through my feed and it fills my spirit. I'm just like, mm-hmm. oh, that's mm-hmm. what I needed in my life right now. So definitely mm-hmm. check her out. I will. I have so enjoyed the time. I'm so glad that we got to connect and have this time. And what started in music ended in spirituality and faith <laughs> and, and what you're doing with this year. And it's really, really incredible to, to watch what you're doing. What are you working on that you're excited about that you want listeners to go check out? Well, my film, my directorial debut called If Not Now When, it came out in January. So that's available on iTunes, Amazon, On Demand. And super proud of it. And then I have a film coming out on the 13th called Death Saved My Life. It's, it's a film for a lifetime from their Ripped from the Headlines. So it is based on true events. And then I'm currently working on a TV show for Amazon, Tracy Oliver, who wrote Girls Trip, Pharrell Williams, Amy Poehler, uh, just a slew of great, Scott King, Mimi Valdez, like great producers and great girls and just great experience of life. So I'm here shooting that right now. In New York, and uh, God willing, it looks like Shazam 2 is going to go in May. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see. You're doing all the things. Yeah, that's, awesome. that's been good. It's been good yes. So. Where can people follow you if they're not already following you on social? At Megan Good, M-E-A-G-A-N-G-O-O-D. Awesome. Well, Megan, thank you so much for the time. Thank you for mm-hmm. shining your light literally your aura is radiating out of the screen. So I'm really, it is, it is. I'm like, I, I feel it, it. No, no, no. It's not the ring light. It's not the ring light. It's your spirit. And I want you to hear me say that it's not the ring light. It's your spirit. Thank you. So I, I really do appreciate the time. And I hope someday when pandemic is over, we get to see each other in real life and, and continue and, this conversation. Have a wine day. Yes, yes, absolutely. All right, well, enjoy the rest of your evening and I hope we get to talk again someday. Me too. Your Faves Faves is hosted by me, Rachel Hollis. The show is produced by Chelsea Harfouche and edited by Andrew Weller with production support from Sterling Coates. Cameron Berkman is our executive producer. Your Faves Faves is a 3% chance production.